Hi everyone, good, good morning. morning. So today we're going to cover Luke 9, 23 through 27 and 57 through 62. This is where Jesus himself talks about what it looks like to follow him. So we'll just get started. Verse 23, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. So just right off the bat, Jesus says, anyone wants to follow him, uh, they have to deny themselves. And um, that is not easy to do, right? To deny ourselves means to limit our own desires. It means to, delim- uh, to limit you know, even things like our preferences, what we want to do. Um, I think about Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians 9, and it's all about Apostle Paul limiting himself uh, for the sake of others. But um, one thing that I think is true, and maybe we could talk about later on, is, man, when you deny yourself for Apostle Paul, he found it actually a joy to deny himself Mm. um, because ultimately he knew that it was for others. It was for Jesus as well. Mm. After, you know, in verse 23, it says, deny yourself, deny himself. It says, take up his cross daily and follow me. And it doesn't just say take up the cross, but it says take up the words, the cross daily. And it's the daily things that I think we have to recommit to. Um, I was thinking about how it's not just this one-time calling, you know, where Jesus asks us to leave behind a career and become a missionary to Africa, which could happen, but it's a daily thing. So I was thinking about this past week, it has been busy for a lot of us, whether we're a staff or a student. I think a lot of us are feeling pretty tired, but what is our attitude going to be? I was thinking about Jesus um, is telling me to take up my cross daily. Daily, there's so many opportunities to lose my life, to surrender my time, my house, to die to my pride and to say sorry to someone I've wronged, maybe to try and love someone who has been hard to love or to serve and clean up after someone even if they don't notice. All of these are little ways where I take up my cross. Or maybe it's to push past the tiredness of staying up to work on something or a last minute ask. These are the daily things. In verse 24, Jesus also says, whoever loses his life for my sake. And indeed, some of the early disciples actually did lose their life for his sake or at least willing to. And um, I I think it's really that willingness um, you know, for I think most of us, we're probably not going to lose our lives physically, but I think Jesus is asking us all, you know, if you follow me, you have to give up control of your life. And in a sense, dying to your old ways, giving up your autonomy and saying, you know what? Jesus now owns my life. Mm-hmm. He has the keys. He has the right to take me places I don't naturally want to go to or do things I don't naturally want to do. Um, you know, that's what it means uh, to lose our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go on to verse 58... Um, we're not going to cover every aspect of it, but you know, one thing I just thought about was it also says the son of man has nowhere to lay his head and man, you know, that, what does that mean? That means the God of the universe, he's always on the move. He's not comfortable. And it's interesting because we as followers of Jesus are supposed to imitate him. And so this means also for us, we too aren't supposed to have necessarily a place to permanently lay our head. Um, You know, it's interesting, so much of our desire, so much of what we've been taught is to aim for a life where you can lay your head down, have comfort, relax. You know, we do everything we do so that we can lay our head down. Um, And I think for me, I was just thinking, wow, you know, as I get older, laying down my head sounds really nice. Sounds nice. (laughs) You know, busier, kids, more responsibilities. Like, I just want to be more comfortable. I just want to slow down. And yet, this is telling us, you know, we follow Jesus, that's not what we're supposed to aim for mm. and especially with 2021 church planning coming up the potential that many of us may actually move we have to realize that we can't lay our heads down and get too comfortable in any mm. one place i think this is hard because i think every voice including our own probably is telling us you know it feels so right to slow down so what does it look like to obey you know this command to 
you know, to follow Jesus, it means, you know, look, maybe looking at the life of Apostle Paul, looking at the life of Jesus himself, and the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, or the fact that he's a servant of all, or, this, or the fact that he's the man of sorrows, looking to contemporary heroes like Mike and Cindy and other people who really have given their all for the gospel, and their lives and their basic understanding of discipleship are, should, be, should be the norm for us and not the exception. And so who do we compare ourselves to? Is it that, you know, that comfortable church-going family down the street? Um, or is it, or should we look to Jesus himself? So yeah, when we look at this description of what it... It's okay. Don't mind the garage. All right, yeah, don't mind the garage opening below us. So when we look at this description of following Jesus, at first glance, I think many of our initial reaction is going to be, man, that's too much. Jesus, you're asking me to do all of these things, to deny myself, take up the cross, lose my life. I'm not going to have anywhere to lay my head. Like, you know, look around it. And a lot of Christians, it seems like, you know, they just give God a few hours on Sunday, maybe a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. And that's their Christian life. You know, this call, it seems so crazy. But then I want to ask that question, is it crazy? Because I think there's a lot of other things that where people do this in their life and we say, you go, right? You do that. You know, yeah, when Harvard calls, when med school calls, when um, that awesome job calls, yeah, you drop everything for that. Mm. Why not for Christ? Mm. And I think this passage calibrates us, you know, what was the original call to follow Christ? This is the call. Mm. I was thinking about that, the promise that we say, you know, I will follow, but let me first. It's that phrase that's repeated again, you know, I will follow Lord, but let me first say farewell, or I will follow, but let me go bury my father. And that phrase captures a lot of our own struggle in surrendering lordship to Jesus. I think, you know, it's not that we don't agree to follow Jesus. We know it's the right thing. You know, we say, I will follow. But then we slap different conditions on our commitment to follow Jesus. You know, I will follow, but I also want this. You know, I want an X amount of time to be able to play with my kids. I want this much discretionary time for myself or control over my schedule. Maybe for singles, it's, you know, I'll consider taking a risk for you, Jesus, when I get what I want and I have a secure relationship. Or... I'll give more when I have had that big nest egg stored up for myself. And I honed it on the word first, you know, let me first. I will follow, but let me first. And I think that's where the issue is. What do we place first? A lot of the things that, you know, Jesus calls us to leave behind, they're not our vices in, in some sense. It's, these are good things, you know, family affairs, duties, resources that we've been blessed with and relationships. But the issue is when we place these good things before following Jesus and make them of higher importance. And so what would it look like to place Jesus first? You know, he is Lord, he's preeminent, and I think it's it's a struggle, but we do have to surrender lordship fully to Jesus. In the, in the J.D. Greer's book, um, What Are You Going to Do, with, you gonna your do life? with Your Life? Yeah, you know, there's that quote, Jesus is Lord of all or not at all. And so, you know, when Jesus is second, he's not Lord. So I think a lot of Christian life is coming back to these very commitments and remembering what Jesus laid out as the path to following him. Just because at one time in our life that was clear, maybe... Um, you know, our teens and our 20s, it doesn't mean it's always going to be clear. And our commitments, they actually get muddier as we get older, as we have more responsibilities like families and kids. And so this passage is one we have to keep coming back to and telling ourselves, Jesus, I've chosen to follow you. These are my commitments and I will go through with it. Amen. And you know, why do we do this? It's not suffering for suffering's sake. Jesus doesn't just want to take stuff away from us. He says, lose your life so you can save it so that I can give you a new life, a better life. 
And I think we've experienced that each time we have chosen to lose our lives in different ways. You know, I, f- I know we've experienced ending up being a blessing to other people, growing in our capacity, or, you know, when we die to our pride, being able to mend a relationship. Or maybe our faith becomes more robust as we die to ourselves and, and take a risk. Um, you know, and our life has become full of richness, relationships, and purpose as we surrender our lives to Jesus. All right, so that's all for today. More on Friday when we'll actually talk about this passage and yesterday. So we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye.